Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the Lord. God, we come before you for you to humble us down. Glory. In order for us to see the revelation that you put out there, but we have allowed the enemy to blind us so we can only see through limitations and not through the power of the resurrected Christ. Help us to come to a different understanding and not continue on with the view and understanding that we have always had because we are now new creatures and new creations in Christ. Therefore, our thoughts are supposed to be new. They're not to remain the same and they're to be the thoughts of Christ. So God, I, I, I pray that as believers, we will be convicted unto righteousness and that any unbeliever that is hearing the sound of my voice will come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and will be very vigilant as they come into this new knowledge and this new information. Forgive us, Father, for we have sinned and fallen short of your glory. Forgive us, Father, for operating in the flesh and not in the spirit and allowing all the things of Satan, doubt, hopelessness, fear, insecurities, sickness, disease, all of these things, allowing these things of Satan to overpower us and overcome my thought pattern, not realizing that the Holy Ghost is more powerful than any of those things that we have allowed to penetrate our souls and our hearts, Father, to help us to understand that if we are believers belonging to you with the power and authority of Jesus Christ in us, that nothing can overpower us and overtake us. We are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. So, Father, I pray that you will open us up through the reading of your word and the studying of your word this day and continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I pray, Father, it will be only those things that you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask the same questions I did on Saturday since we are still like in the newness of coming off our fast. And that is, as a result of your fast, what is different about your character? As a result of your fast, what has diminished that needed to go? What has God awakened in your inner man? Do you have new revelation? And have you changed your focus to increase your faith? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to... Um, uh, remind you about seeking God for the city because at, at this time in our age, and I mean the world church age, um, this is the perfect timing to seek God for the city because we're all seeking God per his word, the same thing at the same time, no matter what part of the world you live in what your culture is, as long as you are born again, because we're born again by the blood of Jesus, we all are the same. And so this, this is very, very important. And so um, I, I believe I saw that the books have come in so that you can get them because this actually begins, this is why I'm bringing it up, Wednesday the 17th is the beginning, you know, which is, is that Ash Wednesday, yeah. the, the day of the Lenten season? You know, and people give things up for Lent. And what we need to give up is our old nature for Lent. <laughs> Let's just give that up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and ask God to help us to walk in the newness of, of, of our belief in him. So I, I, I know that they're going to probably talk about this uh, at, the, at the end. But I just wanted to, to remind you because... Um, this is coming up next week real soon, and so I don't want us to, to just take this for granted. Because anything that you do on a regular basis, you begin to take it for granted. You don't put much credence in it. But do you know that consistency 
breaks the power of Satan. So when we become consistent in our walk with him, it breaks the power of Satan. Now, for my little two cents concerning Black History Month, I try to focus on people of today and not just deal with the people of the past uh, that, uh, that made a mark in our world as a result of their bravery, uh, their faith in Christ, and, and their uh, abilities and skills that, that made a difference in this world because um, people of color have done a lot of things to mark our, our world. And then some people have done some things that we don't even know anything about because the, the, whatever the invention or whatever they came up because they didn't patent it or know what to do, then, it, uh, it, then the white man took it over and produced it and became wealthy as a result of that. And I personally know a person who was responsible for that, and that was my father, who actually gave the blueprints of a pop-up toaster to his employer. And the rest is history. <laughs> okay. So, um, so I want to talk about or recognize in our today's world, Candace Owens. She is a young black, I want to call her a journalist. She's an activist. And she's born again. Candace Owens. And she has her own um, a program that she brings on topics of today and, and, and people who are making a difference in this world. And so she just had, a, had an interview with another young black uh, African-American, but actually African, who is now American, <laughs> female, who came here from Africa uh, as a, a young, young girl because she needed to, she wanted to go to college, but in, while she was in Africa, her mother, I think, her, I think she said her father died when she was really young. But her mother, who had, had investments of money uh, that was value up over $200,000 um, because of the government, because see, now they experienced racism by their own people and bondage by their own people. So um, by a certain length of time, uh, that money that had become no more worthy but to buy a loaf of bread. So when it was time for her daughter to go to college, she couldn't afford to pay for it. So what she did, I forgot what she said she did. She did something to come up with at least $100 and, and, a, and a ticket for her. Somebody else donated, some missionary person donated a ticket for her daughter to take a plane to come to the United States. And, and so she had the ticket and $100, and the rest is on your own. And she came to the United States, and, and that's where she became educated. And it's a whole long story, because it just sounds like everything just worked out. No, but she, she, she was courageous, and, she, and, and, and a Christian, and she relied on her mother's Christian values that had been taught to her. And she realized after she got to the United States that she, had, that she was so surprised and so happy because she realized she came to a land of opportunity where she wasn't restricted as long as she wanted to strive and achieve. So the, the, the uh, interview is so awesome because when you hear this coming from young people and their way of thinking, well, they didn't let racism be a crutch and that's not their conversation today, but how you can uh, uh, achieve and accomplish and do well, and, and, and they are born again on top of it, it is awesome. So we celebrate Candace Owens today, amen? Okay, now an, an, another great person of our day uh, that I like to raise up and lift up to you, and that's Dr. Tony Evans, and we, and, 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 the, and the things that I want to raise up more than the fact that he is a, uh, a pastor and an awesome pastor is that he is first a husband. He was a husband to the top notch, okay? 
And even though he was the, 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 the pastor, he had a real woman who supported him in his, in his position, but he too supported her, where she was able to do, do works in the ministry as well. And he never raised himself up so high above her. And, and, and she was well thought of. He was a real man when it came to being a husband to his wife. And he was also an awesome, or is an awesome father to his children. And they all just excelling, doing well, because Christ is the main thing. And that was how he raised his children in the way of Christ. When you do, you, they're not going to fail. They're not going to fail. And he, too, is an activist when it comes to political issues and, 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 and racism and all of that. So he's a leader, and he's a man of profound truth because he used the word to get the message over. And so uh, I take my hat off to Dr. Tony Evans. And one of the books that, um, that Judy has presented to you guys is Harry Jackson, who, uh, it, it, who is extremely intelligent and highly educated. He, he just died a, a couple months ago, uh, but uh, he was um, uh, a preacher of the word, and he applied it to today's world and politics. My kind of preacher who applies the word to our daily lives, and it is not just a, a, a preach story. And so unfortunately, we lost him, and, and uh, I don't know if he was really valued as much as he should have been doing his time. But those are the people that I want to profile today Amen. for Black History Day. Amen? Okay, so now we're in Philipp uh, Philippians 3, verses 4 through 12. This is part two of the church need a heart transplant. So we're going to pick up from 4 and to go through 12. So I'll read the verses as normal, and then we'll go back. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, uh, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, though I counted loss for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, perfect but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Okay, we're going to break that down. What Paul is saying is salvation by works or qualification. This is the argument. Are we saved by works and qualification? Okay, Paul lets the church know if that's the case, he will be the best qualified candidate based on his past. He will be considered as the poster child. This is what he is actually saying from uh, verses 4 up to 9, okay? And we, we're going to kind of break them down as much as possible. But he, but he is saying, based on what these Judaizers have spoken to you, uh, you now are struggling with something that you shouldn't have been struggling with if you believe what Christ has spoken to you, that you're not saved by works or by your qualifications, okay? Uh, he says, and now let me tell you why. He says that, let's go back to, to, uh, to the verses, that if I had confidence in flesh, 
and the flesh. And then I'm going to give you my resume of flesh. Okay? Number five, that he was circumcised in eight days. He was strictly a Hebrew. He was an authentic Jew who was circumcised at birth. Okay? And of the first tribe of Benjamin who never left Judea. So they were authentic Hebrews. And, and that he was a teacher, an advocate, an expert of the law. And so he would have been known as the Pharisee of all Pharisees, and he would have taken the place of, what was his name? Um, Gamaliel, yes, who was the head teacher of, of the law, okay? And, and Paul was excellent at it, so much so that he would have replaced him. He said he had a zeal that he thought was a righteous zeal to persecute the church, that he was pleasing God by persecuting the church because the church message came against the message of Judaizers, came against the doctrine of the Jews. So he felt like he was doing God justice by persecuting the church because according to the Jew, what the things of the church was false doctrine. He says, touching the righteousness which is in the law blameless, that while he persecuting church folks, he thought he was following the law and therefore he was blameless of doing anything wrong. As a matter of fact, he was helping God out. So he comes to seven, he says, but what things were gained to me those I counted lost for Christ. So he says, um, let me read my notes. The message was that the, was the message of the Judaizers or the dogs as he called them. Paul stressed the point, there is no good thing in the flesh. Because all of those things in verses five up to uh, eight or to nine were accomplishments through his flesh. He says, there's no good thing in the flesh all those things that were accomplished by flesh and celebrated by men, celebrated by flesh, <laughs> I counted as a loss. For only what I do for Christ will last and is worthy of praise. Amen. So he says all of those things that were done and, and was noted as being of excellence it's nothing. It's, it does not even equal up to done. Y'all know what done is. Okay. He said it does not even equal up to that. Now, I want to uh, read something out of this um, dictionary concerning Paul's letters to even bring it home. Every person must decide whether to live according to the flesh, a self-reliant, self-confident, Worldly pursuit of one's own ends for one's own, own glory. Okay, I'm going to read that again, okay? Every person must decide whether to live according to the flesh. That means according to your self-reliance, self-confidence, worldly pursuit of one's own ends for one's own glory, okay? Or according to the spirit, which in which God is the center of attention and acknowledged to be the source of life and power. God is the source of life and power, none of those other things, okay? And Christ, instead of self, becomes the object of faith and boasting. Don't let yourself, your intellect, your attitude, your opinion become the object of your faith. Because when it becomes the object of your faith, you're going to fall, you're going to suffer, you're going to lose your mind because, because it is not the object of the faith as a believer. And as a believer, when you take that position, you put yourself in a position to really, I'm serious, to lose your mind and everything else that you have. Amen. Okay? Um, he says, uh, in this form of idealism, human beings are thought to consist solely of matter and its functions. And behaviorism and really philosophy and phenomenalism. For example, the mind and soul are no more than the combination of brain causes states. Okay? 
And, and even when you talk about psychology, it says that Paul uh, revelance to current discussions in the field of psychology, for example, as religion entails confrontation with the unconscious. Did y'all hear that? Confrontation with the unconscious. Because see, when you use that, you're not conscious to what you need to be conscious of. You're walking dead people, Amen. bottom line. It is fruitful to explore such subjects as the disclosure of the heart at the last judgment. It says to um, idealism, to reduce the person to soul or materialism, that reduces the person to body is compatible with Paul. Nor are those contemporary forms of dualism which encourage the saving of the soul and the depreciation of the body. Uh, the inattentiveness to the psychomatic unity of the person and disharmony between grace and nature. At the same time, the diagnosis fusing illicit dualism with the body-soul distinction is mistaken. In other words, you don't put no that man that was very educated. You don't put no confidence <laughs> in the flesh and the soul. You have to put it in the spirit of the living God. And you have to depend and trust in the living God. That's what our problem is today. As believers, we put more confidence in us than we do in the word. So how you thought and what you thought if it hasn't been changed by the word of God, you're putting confidence in how you function. Okay? Now, Paul denounces his religious credentials so that he could win Christ. So he's saying, you know, if you want to understand how this flesh thing operates, well, listen to me, because I had it going on. Okay? But now, since Christ... I come to realize that, that it means, means nothing. So I am denouncing all of these credentials because now all I want is Christ. Amen. See, religion and Jesus do not work together. Okay? Religion is in total conflict with the knowledge of Jesus, his blood, and the cross. The religious spirit is one of the branches of the tree called the lying spirit. Why? Because religion is of Satan, and Satan is a deceiver, and, and you know what his main name is? Liar. So he wants to counterfeit the things of God. And this is how he keeps confusion among believers and other religious people because, and how other different kinds of religions come up, because they're buying into the lie and not in the tr into the truth. And when you buy into the truth, you're going to feel like a long ranger. Because people are not going to be quick to get on board with what is true. They're only quick to get on board to what is popular, what is appeasing and appealing to your flesh and to your emotions. Amen. Okay? Now, let's go and visit the tree and its manifestations along with scripture. The lying spirit, okay. Now, remember I said it's a tree. The tree is planted and rooted in the ground. So it gets, because if you go back to John 15, when God talks about that uh, um, he is the vine dresser and Jesus is, 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 is the vine and we're the branches, okay? Well, if it's not in the ground, rooted solid, it can uproot and nothing lives. Okay, but because it's in the ground, that's why he uses this analogy, it's in the ground, it's being nourished through the, through the soil. Okay, so God is, is, is the root, Jesus is, is the vine, and we are the little branches that grow out. But we can't grow out of that if we don't put ourselves, get connected to the vine to stay in the root. Okay, so this particular tree is called the lying spirit. And the scripture that supports it, 2 Chronicles 18.22. Let me, let me read to you the different branches that comes off this tree. Strong deception. Flattery. 
superstitions, religious bondages, false prophecy, religious bondages, false prophecies, and false teachers are all under religion. Accusations, slander, gossip, and lies, okay? So in order to uproot these things, you have to bind those manifestations of the root tree lying so that you can lose truth. And God is the spirit, spirit of truth, okay? Now, uh, Galatians 5.1, let's go over there because it talks about the religious bondages. And I'm, I just want to read that. Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Okay, so Christ represents the freedom. And he made us free when he went to the cross. And when he shed his blood. Okay, so he says, then stand where you have been liberated by. The blood, the cross, liberated us when we accepted Jesus Christ. Okay, so don't go back Amen. to the bondage of hell and be entangled again with what you've been set free of. Amen. Which means don't get caught up into all of this religious stuff, okay? Because you need to be able to walk in the freedom that was freely given to you and you were able to freely receive. You did not have to come up to some kind of a organization, uh, oath, a vow. <laughs> All you had to do was say, yes, Jesus. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. 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 See, Jesus came to liberate us and give us life and that more abundantly. That's what the Bible says. Religion is legalistic, prejudiced, offensive, blameful, restrictive, and full of bondage. Do y'all realize that? Yeah. Now, I put unfortunately, it's unfortunate that believers get caught up in it. But fortunately, once we are bound by religion, Jesus is the only one who can make us free. Amen. Only Jesus, okay? As a Christian, you can be bound by religion even though you have accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, okay? But you never let the Bible set your mind free from legalism, racism, spiritual limitations, and many other false altars of bondage. That's what the Bible is for. You cannot become free if you don't want the Bible to enter into your heart and transform your thinking. Church is not about coming into a building and sitting, going through religious acts. Church is about us being able to come into the knowledge of who Jesus is, to acquire his thought pattern so that we can walk in the liberation that he has provided for us, to, to flow in the things that now should be natural as a new creation in Christ, what those things you did and said before should be unnatural and uncomfortable so that when they come upon, you feel uncomfortable with it and it, and it don't register with you. Amen. And because he automatically set us free, but he also gave us a free will. That means that you can choose. And so you have the position to choose when something comes before you that is not of Christ. You have the choice. So Satan can't make you do anything. Only that you have opened the door in and let him in when you've given it any thought to the things that he's putting before your eyes or in your mind or just Amen. in your heart. 
if you give it any credence, just a little bit, you don't have to agree totally. Oh, but you know, that does have a little truth. You have opened the door for him to come in and possess the whole thing. He's not going to just take a little inch. He's just waiting for you to open up that little inch so he can take the whole thing. Now, contrary to how the spirit of God operates, he brings in a little for you to see and allow you to grow in those things so that you can add on to the little. He says, you've given, uh, I've given you a little, you do good with that, I'll give you much. He don't overpower you and overtake you. That's the difference between how the Holy Spirit operates and how the spirit of wickedness, the spirit of darkness, the spirit of ignorance, the spirit of lies, the spirit of fear, that all those things Contrary to how he operates. Why? Because he knows that if he don't get a hold of you and don't get a foothold into your life, that the Lord will be able to come in and transform you to the point that you will come out of Satan's kingdom and glorify God. And, and he don't want God glorified. He wants him to be destroyed. See, he wouldn't even mess with us if he wasn't trying to get to Jesus. But because he wants to get to the Lord, he has to mess with God's people. And he knows he can because it ain't because he's all-knowing, but he sees your behavior pattern. He hears your behavior conversation. (laughs) Where you speak things automatically that doesn't glorify God because that's what you've been accustomed to. Rather than checking yourself sometime and saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh-uh, uh, that's, that's not who I am now. Okay, I cancel that in the name of Jesus, okay? What do God have to say about this particular situation? So I can begin to speak those things that will continue to bring me life and that more abundantly opposed to the things that want to destroy me because he's just trying to destroy God and he's too stupid to realize you can't do nothing with the Lord. Now you may destroy some of his people, but you can't destroy him. The good news, that even though we may have put ourselves in those compromising positions, you can come out. There is nothing you can't come out of. There is nothing you can't change. Because all you need to do is cry out to God. What did David say? I cried out to the Lord and he heard my cry. Amen. And when we cry out to him, he will come in and make a switch. He will make a switch. He will take out all of that mess that we have and then give us his fruit. Because that's what a tree does. It it kills off the mess. So he'll cut off the branches that don't glorify him. Fertilize it with his word and cause it to grow out new stuff. No fruit. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You you see, God is about liberation. And he don't don't put you in bondage. Okay? With, With some people, religion has kept them from seeing Jesus, and they are not saved, but involved in religious societies and or secret societies. With Christ, nothing is a secret. It's your choice to make it. He says, whosoever will, let them come. He also says in Mark 4, I think it's around 11 verse, unto you it is given to to know the mysteries, the hidden truths of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without or outside of my covenant, all these things are done in parables. So when you, God wants everybody to know the truth. Yeah. But, but he's not going to, like Satan, he's not going to force you. Amen. It's your choice. Yeah. It's your choice. Yeah. Now, referring to what Jesus did on the cross, uh, uh, y'all just bear with me because I'm, I'm trying yeah. to go against this time because now I'm, I'm in verses 10 and 12 of Philippians Three, okay. Referring to what Jesus did on the cross for our salvation and raised raised with him in the newness of life, which means that's the born again state. 
See, when you're raised in the newness of life with Christ, you're in a born-again state. Now, that's a state that some of us Christians bypass. We just come into the saving grace. But we're not interested in growing. Because if you don't grow, you, you can't flow in a born-again state. Because that state won't be new. Let me just kind of read verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Now what we need to know, oh, we shout and rejoice when we talk about to know him in the power of his resurrection. We shout about that. We want the power. We want the glory. We want to excel. We want to do well. But when it says, you don't even talk about this phrase, and the fellowship of his sufferings. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Because you can't do one without the other. you got to have both. And that was make you conformable unto his death. Let me tell you, there is going to be some suffering when you serve Jesus Christ. There are trials. Then you're going to serve Jesus Christ. It comes with the program. It is only because... You can't be greater than the teacher. So when you come against these little things that are uh, are happening as a result of you saying yes to his will and yes to his way, stop trying to think that it's Satan in the way. And Satan is producing. No, Satan ain't doing squat. That's you and your decision. The Lord is trying to show you. It's not about you. It is about him. So if it's about him, there's some things you got to come against that is wicked in this world. And you and everything is not going to flow nice and sweet and smooth. You're going to have some struggles. Because that's the name of the game. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But I will bring them out of all of them. Amen. Okay, so let me finish reading this. Um, he says, in order that I may personally know him, that, that I might both experience his resurrection. I got, I got an, an, a news flash for that unclean spirit. You're leaving here today. Amen. You're leaving here today out of God's people. Thank you, Father, that I'm on the right track. I come against the spirit of darkness and ignorance off of God's people right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for the power of revelation and knowledge in you that's going to transform them from the spirit of hopelessness and doubt into a new walk of faith in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. Okay, he says, in order that I may personally know him, that I might both experience his resurrection resurrection power and share in his sufferings, and thus I will be more and more conformed to his death. Paul wants the righteousness of God so that he can obtain a personal relationship with Jesus and an actual day-to-day experience. This knowledge of Christ is obtained by experiencing in daily problems, needs, ministry, and so forth. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, knowing Christ also entails participating in his suffering. Paul desires to share in the Lord's suffering because they bring him into a deeper and more meaningful relationship with him. Companionship in sorrow establishes the most intimate and lasting of ties. And as afflicted hearts cling to each other, the result of participating in Christ's sufferings is that Paul is being made like him in death. Do y'all understand that we got to suffer to serve him? And if you're not willing to suffer, what means to carry that cross? Jesus says, you're not worthy of me. When we are looking for everything to just work out and be right, we're acting like infants. And he's, Paul tells us, it's time for you to be on meat, to grow up. The more we come to know Jesus in the cross and in his resurrection, the better equipped we are to suffer. In the, in the cross and in his resurrection, the better equipped we are 
to suffer in this world day by day, knowing he never leaves us. See, the more you know about your master, then you can face those, those uh, tribulation times, those hard times, because you know who has you. His presence gives us comfort and courage that can never be found in the flesh. Your courage and your confidence cannot be found in your flesh. It has to be in your faith in Christ. See, when you stop looking at you with this challenge that you're facing and look at your master, you'll be able to overcome. God allows us to suffer for his glory only. For his glory only. He is not Satan. He don't have you suffering because he's wicked and evil. Amen. He has you to suffer for his glory and to reveal to us his resurrected power, which is something you can only experience. When we are in these situations and you keep your confidence and your trust in our Lord, he will show his resurrected power in your life. Nobody can express that information to you. You have to experience it. Words will only give you the opportunity to step out in faith, on faith. But when you step out, your experience will give you the faith that you need to hold on in trying times. When we try God in little things, we will be tried in greater things because our faith elevates in every trial. Don't think because you went through one thing, you got it made. You have to, faith goes, is supposed to grow. So we're supposed to go to faith to faith. This is the Bible, from glory to glory. Well, you will have to be tried. And in those trials is how you handle it determines the elevation of your faith. Amen. <clears throat> Let me go over to Second Peter uh, chapter 1, and let's start with 3. According as his divine power have given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. That should be an encouragement for people who've been called to the ministry, to do ministry stuff. And I'm not talking about the five-fold ministry. I'm just talking about doing the ministry works. Amen. And let me read this again. According as his divine power have given unto us all all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue or has called us by glory and virtue. Are y'all listening? I mean, because to me, this is really powerful and it should be encouraging and strengthening. What is he saying? That... He's given us and he's prepared us for every and anything he has called us to do. Okay? It was already prepared ahead of time. You don't have to come into the place of where you've been called to do something and wait for God to show you. The preparation was before you arrived. The Bible says your gift will make room for you. See, the problem is that when God calls us, see, the, the, the gifting, of the, the, the place of what we're supposed to be doing and where has already been provided. But what he has to do that you can't handle the fire in the kitchen is to work on our character. What he has to do, because we were born in sin, born broken, born wicked, born selfish, then he has to prepare our character to fit the place of the gifting and the calling. And so where the fire is, is the tearing down of who you have become in order to become who he called you to be. So that glory and virtue is waiting for you to hearken to the work of the spirit in your life. Okay, he says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. God is not a man who shall lie. He made those promises and they did not change because you didn't step up to the plate or because you changed your mind. That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. 
When you come to know God and you're willing to do what he's called you to do, he will allow you to overcome the things of corruption in this world that is here to destroy you, to keep you from glorifying him by being obedient to him. He will give you a courage that you can't even understand and you know that was not of you. Okay? But you've got to trust him and rely on him. Don't go with the first thing to come to your mind that says defeat. Hopelessness. Okay? He says, verse 5, and besides this, giving all diligence... Add to your faith. You remember we have a mustard seed of faith? It has to be exercised to become great faith. Add to your faith virtue. And and to virtue, knowledge. So he is doing this in increments. That's the changing of your character. Okay? He says, and to knowledge, temperance. You see how he adds on to each one? He couldn't do it all at one time. Flesh couldn't handle it, okay? And to knowledge, temperance. Temperance means consistency, even tone, okay? Not switching back and forth. Oh, I feel. Oh, I think. Oh, I don't believe God said this now. Because if, if God has said this, then why is this happening? I don't know, because, see, things don't seem to be working out the way I thought they were going to work out, so uh, this can't be God. No, uh-uh, because I'm suffering too much. You know, this is called wishy-washy. Yes, yes. You're just back and forth. All God wants you to do is to stand. Therefore, don't waver to the left, don't waver to the right. Stay focused, because he's going to show you eventually. He's just waiting to see how long you're going to stand. When he had Abraham to take Isaac up, up to that mountain to sacrifice him, God already knew what he was going to do. He wanted Abraham to know what he's capable of doing. He says, and to temperance, patience. That means you're willing to suffer long. That's what patience means. You're willing to suffer long. Let me tell you, when you're suffering, you have to cry out to God, help me to hold on and to see this the way you want me to see it. Not start whining and complaining all the time. Every once in a while, he'll let you lament. But basically, he wants you to cry out, I need you, Lord. Show me, help me. That's all all we have to do. Because you're going to hurt. You're going to suffer. And he allows some things to come up. Now, some stuff he allowed to come up because he's fixing us. But some stuff, you're the reason why it's coming up. Because it's by your choice. It's your plan. And as a result of your choice and your plan, now you have to suffer. Let Oh, thank you, Jesus. You see, you got married. Before you knew there was a call. You even got married before you got saved. And some of these spouses didn't get saved at the same time. But even if they did, we don't all grow the same time. At the same pace. Okay? So now you have a big challenge. And, 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 and you have great opposition that you sleep with. But did God put that on you? Or was that your choice? So some stuff you got to work through. And he will equip you to do that. And you will be the winner. So, So the things that we choose that has put a thorn in our side takes longer than the ones that he puts before us to prove us. But nevertheless, he's faithful to work us out of all of them. So because now you are saved, living with a heathen, you cannot come up, well, God, why do I have to suffer? Why? 
because consequences comes with choices. That's why. And you chose. So you deal with the consequences. The best way to deal with them, trust God and stop whining. And I am a poster child so I can talk. God, cry out to the Lord. Give me strength to endure what's before me. Give me courage to face it so I don't faint before my time is up. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Get out of the poor me's. Because all it's for is to destroy you. That is the enemy's way of having you to cope with something that God never intended for you to cope like that. Because as long as you feel like you are the victim, you are going to be a victim and victims get destroyed. You want to be a warrior. And a warrior sees those things as an opportunity to arise above and take authority over the one who thinks that they can victimize me. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I don't care if your mate is just got saved and they're saved. The enemy is still using them. The enemy uses whomever he wants. And so when Cushites begin to act crazy and they're born again, recognize the power behind them is Satan. So greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you, or if these things are in you, and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren, that means useless, <laughs> nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You hear? But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. That means that you, have, you are short-sighted. All you can see is what's before. You have no vision. You can't see what's ahead. It's just right now, because I feel that that phrase there is, is, is from hell. God didn't ask you to feel. He says to know the truth, and it will make you free. Not to feel it. See, that's th- this is how we get into religion. Oh, I, 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 I feel like I need to lay hands on you, Sister Glenn, right now. Because you were looking at me. That's religion. Because you, we don't know what we're supposed to do. God comes upon us and move you, and then you just do it. That's why I was saying the other day, because I come to you, and because and, 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 at the moment God is revealing something unclean, and it's not by what I knew. It's what he just showed me. And what he just showed me, I'm going to do that, and I don't know nothing else. But what he shows me. And so it's your responsibility to respond to what the spirit of the Lord is saying when he's using other people. And he will reveal the deeper things to you because it is not for me to know the deeper things. Provided that you're willing to open up to receive. Okay. um, I'm going to read mine again. He that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and have forgotten that he was purged or cleansed from his old sins, either forgotten or didn't realize it. You see, when your conversation after being saved, born again, is still the same as it was prior to, you don't know who you are. You have no clue who you are. Let me tell you, God changes all of that. He changes all of that. The things that I used to think, He's changed that. What I have used to stand for, he's changed all of that. I can't be the same. Not and be born again. And thank God. It took a while because it's going to take a while. If you don't come into that saying, I give it all to you, fix me, cleanse me, purge me. I come here to be what you want me to be. You see, this is why it takes a while, because he's a gentleman, and he waits for you to yield yourself over to him. He's not just going to come and cleanse you and set you free because 
somebody exposed, exposed it to you and like, okay, well, all right, let Noah just clean me. No, it's because you want it and he knows you want it. Amen. And you cried out, God, I want to be free, but I need you to show me the things that I don't even know. Don't come tell me, oh, just cleanse me. God wants you to know what he's clean, cleansing you from. He wants you to know the hell you've been in. He wants to know the mess you are. Because if you don't know it, you don't know you're being free. And when you get free, you can go back again to the same mess. So you have to know. And you have to cry out for that. And like you really want it. You know what? People who are afraid of pain, they don't, that's why they don't want to know. Because they don't want to hurt. My thing is, hurt me, just do it quickly and let's go on. Whatever it takes. Set me free because my theory is I'd rather hurt for a short period of time and to be hurting all of my days. And when you're in a mess, you're going to hurt forever. Just hurt me, kill me for a second, and then breathe new life. New life. Hallelujah, Jesus. New life in me, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, verse 10. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Who makes your calling and election sure? Who makes your calling and election sure? You sitting around waiting for God to make something. What is, let me tell you, the supernatural combines two forces. God's super, your natural. And if you don't come to come in alignment with him, you're not going to see it. You make your election sure. What is your election? Your salvation. With due diligence. For if you do these things, you should never fall or stumble. If our goal and focus is to know God, service will automatically follow. See, we we look to do the work first. Therefore, we never never come to know the Lord because we're so busy so, so, so righteous and holy, working for Christ, and so full of hell that we're destroying God's people and the work of the ministry. We got it backwards, okay? When you come to understand the work of the cross, you will understand and accept the love of God and realize that the things in this world cannot overpower God's agape love and that he equips those he call with the same resurrected power that Jesus has. He did not go to the cross for you to go to heaven only. He went to the cross for you to overcome this world and all of its challenges for the world to see and know that there is a higher power He went to the cross for you to be healed from all sickness, disease, for the world to know the higher power. He went to the cross for you to be delivered from fear and all strongholds, for the world to see and know the higher power. If Jesus' light and power doesn't reflect through believers, how will the world see and know? Is your faith in the cross and the resurrected power of Jesus? Or is it more in government, local and federal, doctors and scientists, or in yourself? Is it in the things and people who did not or cannot create itself? Or is it in the one who created all and then sent a power and authority to secure believers, comfort believers, lift up believers, and allow believers to overcome the cares of this world, the cares of this world is the counterfeit of God's original plan. I know that everyone that's present have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but for the sake of the people on um, podcasts, in order for you to come to know a Savior and a higher power like this, you must first acknowledge and repeat after me, I am a sinner. Father, I believe that Jesus died for my sins and he came for me to have came for me to have resurrected power 
and righteousness in him. I receive it all by faith in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for the precious gift of salvation. And I will live my life serving you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, I'm going to do, um, do the benediction. Lord, for your people, I pray that you would grant them according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in their hearts by faith and that they being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that they might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto you, Lord, it is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I and them can ask or think according to the power, according to the faith that worketh in us. Glory be unto you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord.